Okay, so we're in Luke chapter 8. This is, we're going to talk about, uh, no, let me back up. Here's what, I, here's what we do is we open up God's Word and we say, what does it say? I don't give you my opinion on it, right? It, this is not come here and listen to what Russell has to say, and, and I don't twist the words of God to make you feel good. What I do is I open it up and I say, hey, we're going to go from left to right. I believe everything in there is useful. I believe no ink is wasted when God um, was crafting his word to mankind. And so today we're going to cover three verses and it's very appropriate and it's going to make people nervous because we're talking about women in ministry. Why are we talking about women in ministry? Because after... um, Luke chapter 7, what comes after 7? 8. Good job, guys. Yes. And so I decided we're going to move from 7 into chapter 8. And why are we talking about women in ministry today? Who wants to guess why? Because what? Because that's what is here. Okay? So literally, and I mean that word literally, not like an 8th grade girl literally, like it's so hot outside I literally died. No, I mean literally like I've got a, you know, I've got like five or six commentaries I reference for each of these things, like lots of books. Literally, several of them completely skipped this. I'm not making this up. They absolutely didn't even reference it. I bet in your Bible, look at your Bible. My Bible at the top of chapter eight, what does yours say? Who says what? Women accompany, good, okay, good, 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 good. I guess my Bible, it says right here, Sam, can you read that? It says the parable of the sower, which starts in what? Verse four. And so even my Bible, remember, those are not inspired, those little title, chapter titles, okay? So even, it's funny, even, this is a 1984 NIV, even the, the guys that put together the 1984 NIV said like, let's just get to the purpose. And it's like, no, no, we, we can't skip these three verses, and so... What I have for you today is, this is what we're going to do, is I'm going to say, hey, here's what God's Word says, and at the same time, you're having a, a culture scream at you things that if you pay attention, uh, they kind of uh, have some uh, discrepancies against what God's Word says, okay? And so that's my job, is to say, hey, here's, here's, here's God's Word. I don't try to convince people uh, Preaching a sermon is not a persuasive argument. It's not. I've heard someone say that. No, it's not. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Well, I just lay out the truth and say, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do whatever He wants to do. And so, um, it's pretty funny too. Today, our kids, they have a piece of paper that they're coloring on Luke chapter 8. Does it, can anyone see this piece of paper? I, I didn't get this together. Can you see it? It's Jesus and who? Bunch of dudes. There's not a single woman present in this picture. And so I showed up this morning. I was like, well, that's not uh, the best, but (laughs) that's okay. We'll work with it. So, okay. So um, look in chapter eight, uh, verse one. Look at this. Again, this is what I'm going to do. We're going to read God's word. I'm going to reference some other parts of God's word. All I'm going to do is for starters, I'm going to say, here's the observations. I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm going to say, here's what God's word says. And then I'm going to give you a, a few little practical applications, which you don't have to think very hard to see how this is such an issue, uh, where women land in ministry, and even the issue of men versus women, even the issue of are, are men and women the same, are men and women interchangeable, even the issue of are, are men and women equal, which I can't even believe why well, that's even a, a topic at this point, like, uh, 
how can we not be equal? But anyways, so start in chapter 8, verse 1 of Rambled Enough. It says, after this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him. Yeah. And then immediately after that is verse 4 that says, well, a large crowd was gathered. Right? No. So I'm going to read these next two verses, and you tell me what you think the focus is on. Can we do that? What it clearly seems to be on. It says, uh, the twelve were with him, and also some women. He doesn't stop there. Look. Who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna, and many others. And then he says this sentence, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. Okay, and then let me back up. I skipped one thing, I'm sorry. Where it says, and many others. Do you see that, those words right there? In our English Bibles, we don't, you, some words you don't ascribe as male or female, but in the original Greek, those words, many others, was feminine. Okay, so this entire section, even though it's a couple verses, is absolutely talking about women in Jesus' ministry. Can, now again, have I just given you my opinion? I need you all to work with me here, right? This is a workshop, right? Is it pretty clear that this section of Luke is pointing to how Jesus used women in ministry? Is it pretty clear to that? Okay, we can't just skip over it, right? Okay, now is this the only thing in Scripture that talks about men versus women? No, not at all. And so I have three observations I want to make. Can y'all stay with me here? I usually don't do bullet points, but I'm just going to make three observations. Number one, Jesus clearly included women in his ministry. That is, that is absolutely without um, debate. Jesus clearly had women come in and would partake of his ministry. I can read it right here. I can read it in, in other parts. Even remember, guys, the fact that uh, scripturally uh, that women were the first to see the resurrected Christ. Um, even the fact that sometimes when uh, authors give you the genealogy of Jesus, they include women, which, which you weren't supposed to do at that time, right? Um, even in this moment where it says, hey, here's some gals that, what did they do? They supported Jesus in his ministry. You know, we can talk about money. I thought about doing women and money, but I was like, man, that's too many awkward conversations for one day, right? Now, now does anyone, well, maybe I shouldn't ask you to raise your hands. Can we say clearly, yeah, there's a place for women in ministry? Absolutely, right? Um, go to Romans, keep your finger here, but go to Romans chapter 16. In other parts of the Gospels, you can see that Jesus had female disciples that would follow him around. Uh, you could see that Jesus, um, he, he, he never excluded women. It, at times, he almost seemed to focus on them, like he was extremely gentle with them. You can see at times in the Gospels that there were, um, or actually we're about to read right here, that some women were deacons in the early church. You can see we're about to read that some women were leaders in certain church 
uh, gatherings when it comes to being hospitable to, to bring uh, the church under their, in their house. So let's read uh, Romans chapter 16. So watch, this is Paul closing his letter to the church in Rome. And again, everything in Scripture is going to harmonize with everything else. There's no conflicting messages. Verse 1, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant. Does anyone's Bible say something different? What did you just say? Hold on, but surely not. I mean, surely that's a translational error. No, it says right there that in the early church, women served as deacons. Now, what is a deacon? It's a servant. Deacons were uh, table servants. They're, they're the ones that get stuff done, that they do things. It's like almost the gift of hospitality, right? Okay? Um, in our house, like some people just have the gift of hospitality. I try really hard, but I'm, not, I'm still learning how to. Like in our house, and we even had people over the other day, and Kinsey can attest to this, there are times that people have come to my house, and, and this is me trying to be hospitable. Like I said one time, and I only said it one time because like, that sounds terrible, but someone came over and said, hey man, welcome here. If you want anything at all, just get it yourself. And Kinsey kind of looked at me weird, and I was like, hold on, that, that was me, that's me trying to say, and Kinsey was like, what he's trying to say is, Make yourself feel at home. You are welcome to anything in our house and kitchen. And I was like, yes, that's the thing. That's the thing, right? And so in that context, now think about this. In the context of hospitality in my home, which is, by the way, where most ministry takes place, not in this room, just want to say it. In the context where most true discipleships takes place in the home, when it comes to being hospitable in our house, Kinsey is clearly the leader in my family. She is clearly the, the spiritual leader when it comes to hospitality. Why? Because that's, that's part of her gift, and I'm not, I'm not good at it, right? Now, I didn't say that she's the spiritual leader of the family. That's a different, that's a different role. She's not called to be. She's not designed to be. But I will say in that aspect, yeah, she's, she's, a, she's a servant. She's a servant leader, and she's good at it. I am bad at it. I try. I really do. Okay, keep going. It says, verse 2, I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a great help to people, including me. Verse 3, greet, now look at this, Priscilla and Aquila. So that's a husband and wife. Who's mentioned first? The wife is mentioned first. Is that significant to us? Not really. To them, that's significant that the wife is mentioned first. My fellow workers in Christ Jesus, they risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Look at verse 5. Greet also the church that meets where? At their house. Okay, so think about this. In this context, because I've, I've read and I've seen that it says, hey, since she's mentioned first, she is the spiritual leader of that household. Guys, remember the context. He's saying, when the church comes together to meet in their home, in the context of being hospitable, in the context of receiving and, dare I say it, serving those that come into your home, she's, she's in charge. Is that fair? Is that, does that verse say that she's the spiritual leader of her household? It does not. You got to read the next verse after. Keep going. Greet also my dear friend 
uh, Epinetus, who was the first convert of Christ to Asia. Uh, greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. There's another woman. Greet Andronicus and Junius. Okay, that's a woman's name. Now, this is one, and I want you to be prepared. You need to know this, okay? Greet Junius, my relatives who have been in prison uh, with me. Look at the next phrase. This is one of the biggest arguments for women being apostles. Um, they are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Okay, so did you read what I just said? They're outstanding among the apostles. Okay, again, some people will take that and they'll look at it and say, okay, so therefore, Jesus had female apostles. Guys, this is the only verse in Scripture, right there, that even suggests that. And again, this is not my opinion. Those words, outstanding among, what that means in the original language, it means that they are known among the apostles. Okay? It does not say that they are among the apostles. It says that this husband and wife, they were well known among the apostles. Right? Do y'all see the difference there? And some of y'all, I lost y'all. I'm telling you, this fight is at the doorstep. Please, please don't miss me on this. It's a slippery slope. And if you, if you say, I don't understand why you're harping on this, brother, you need to open your eyes then. Okay? This fight is at the doorstep of the church. Okay? This is the only reference in the New Testament and Scripture that it almost hints that women are made to be spiritual leaders, such as apostles, but it doesn't hold water. Why? Because it says they're known among the apostles. Are y'all following me on this? Have I given you my opinion? Is this my opinion? I'm stating the facts. I'm telling you in the original Greek, that's what it says. Greet Ampilius, who I love in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ Jesus, and my dear friend Stachys. Greet Apelles, tested and approved in Christ. Uh, greet Herodian, my relative. Uh, greet those in the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. So let's just, let me, again, let me just summarize. Do you think there's a place in ministry, even amongst the church, even when Paul sees it, even when he's referencing the church in Rome? Absolutely, right? Does this align with what Jesus did? Is there a place in ministry for women? Absolutely. Okay, so that's number one. Jesus clearly including women in his ministry. Here's part number two, observation number two. Jesus did not allow the culture to define women's roles. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Observation number two. Jesus did not allow the culture to define the role of women in ministry. What did he use? He used the authority of God's word. Okay, uh, this is what I mean is that at that time, women could not be a disciple of a rabbi. That was not allowed. Culturally, sorry, let me say, culturally, women couldn't be a disciple of a rabbi. Women were not allowed to learn the Torah. Culturally, uh, women were not allowed to assume fiscal responsibility culturally. Have you noticed these three things, what Jesus did with all three of them? He took them, wadded them up, and says, that's actually complete rubbish, right? Uh, Jesus had female disciples Jesus would teach them the Torah, and we just read in Luke chapter 8, verse 3, it says his ministry was funded 
We don't know if it's primarily, but significantly through what? The work of women. He broke so many cultural rules. He did not allow the culture to define their role. And so let me say this. He he honored women above what the culture said they should be honored at. And so here's the false teaching. Are you listening? Here's the false teaching is that Jesus freed women and made them completely independent. Doesn't that sound good? Won't that preach? Hey, Jesus was all about complete independence and freeing anyone from any roles. I shouldn't even say women. Can I say that right? That'll preach, won't it? Is someone tweeting this? Guys, this is good. Jesus completely freed everybody to do anything they want, right? You see how I'm taking these tiny steps, right? Is that what happened? That's the false teaching, right? And therefore, freedom only comes through zero restrictions, comes through zero discipline. And this misses the point, man. It's not about freedom to do anything, but it's about the freedom to operate in your design. It's not about the freedom that I can do anything I want. It's about you will find incredible freedom when you're operating in your design. I have a 2002... Ford three-quarter ton F-250. It's got the, it's got the, the 7.3 power stroke diesel engine. Thank you. Yes, the best diesel engine ever made. It's got 270,000 miles on it. It's just getting broken in. Okay. That truck is kind of like me. It's big. It's slow. Takes a long time to get going. It's loud. It smells bad at times. Like, I'm just describing me. Like, that truck is just a machine. And it's my work truck when I used to do construction. That was, it's a four-wheel drive. Kenneth, you helped me pull it out of the mud that one time. Like, it's, it's, because it's so heavy, because all that diesel. And so, and that truck will pull. Oh, man, it's made to pull. It has tons of horsepower, Okay. Um, and it has a lot of low-end torque. It, when the wheels stay on it, it's a great truck. <laughs> ha, 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 There's a story there. A wheel fell off of my truck a couple weeks ago, literally. So that's why everyone laughs at my pain, okay? Now listen, that truck works perfectly according to its design, okay? I also have, and this one's for funsies, I also have a 1976 Corvette Stingray. Ooh, Yeah. In, in under the hood, it's got, it's not that fast, but it's got a, it's got the small block 350. It runs well. The interior is pretty nice. My dad had replaced the interior. I bought it off him. I repainted it. Man, it looks fast and it sounds fast. And people are like, oh man, how fast that thing go? And I'm like, it's, it's really not that fast, but man, it's quick. Like it, I can maneuver in that thing. Fun to drive. It's small, right? It is Each of these things are designed completely different. Are you following me? Right? And each of them work perfectly to their design. And I've said this before, but I think it's worth repeating. I want you to imagine that I say, man, I'm having some some trouble. I'm trying to pull my trailer. I'm trying to pull my work trailer, and it's full of all my tools. Imagine, I said, and my car's not doing it. I'm, I'm having, and I call Kenneth and I say, dude, can you come give me a tow? And imagine Kenneth pulls up and I have my 16 foot work trailer. Imagine I have it behind my 1976 Corvette Stingray muscle car. I'm glad you laugh because isn't that stupid, right? 
and imagine I'm complaining this car's not doing what I want it to do. Kenneth would look at me and say, brother, you're asking it to do something that it's not designed to do. So, so who's at fault? Is, is my car at fault or, or is my expectation at fault? Is the burden I place on it at fault? I think you know the answer. What is it? Yeah, it's my fault. I'm trying to get it to do something I'm not designed to do. And so let me say, again, that false freedom is that there's no distinctions between men and women. And let me hit you with, this is not my opinion. I haven't told my opinion one time today. This is great. Here's, here's not my opinion. Men and women are not the same. We're not. We are completely equal, but we are not the same. And if you think, how dare you? Man, I, I don't even have to go to the Bible. Like, have you studied the brain? Let's start just with the brain. Like, do you know the difference between the brains of men and women? Do you all know this? Yeah, like, like on average, men's brains, and, and don't, no, don't anybody say anything. Husbands, I'm going to save you an awkward car trip home. You don't, what I'm about to say, you don't say a word. Just stare straight ahead. On average, men's brains are about 11% bigger than women's brains are. On average, are you smiling? Good job, guys. Straight ahead. That was good. Um, on average, uh, men's brains are bigger, but women's brains, did you know they have uh, more gray matter? Y'all knew that, right? And so, and so gray matter is what makes the connections between the brains. So it's like, picture this. It would be like me saying, hey, I have a bigger garage than you do. And you open the garage and everything's completely disorganized. Like it's just things piled in. Or maybe you have a smaller garage, but you open the door and everything, you can find everything. Which one's better? Well, it's, it, there's not an answer. It's a trick question. <laughs> Notice the women said the smaller, interesting garage, guys. But, but point being, yeah, women's brains on average, you have much more gray matter, which means that's why women can make connections. That's why women can connect dots so much. That's why most of the miscommunication in my marriage is... And, uh, and I'm not throwing my wife under the bus here. And again, gentlemen, keep your eyes straight forward. Is my wife will say a comment about this. And then she'll make a comment about this over here. And I'm sitting here going, how did you go from point A to point triple F? Like, how did you do that? And she literally will say, it made sense in my brain. And I say, well, I'm not in your brain, right? Why is that? Because our brains are literally physically different. I can connect the dots as long as there's two of them and they're right next to each other. Like, I'm good at that. Right? Guys in the room, right? Yeah, this is why, and, and again, I'm talking just neurologically. This is not my opinion. And then this is why, on average, women are way better at um, nonverbal communication. They can pick up all these cues. They make all these connections. This is why women are usually much more organized, again, because they're able to put lots of things together. This is why women are usually much better at multitasking, Right? Is this offending you or am I just stating facts? I'm just stating facts. This is on average, right? How else are men and women not the same, right? Um, uh, oh, here, I'll, I'll just prove it to this. Imagine you're moving and you have everything boxed up. You got to move your refrigerator, your washer, your dryer, your TV, your couches. You got to move the bed. Now listen, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm going to ask a question. Would you rather me bring a team of 10 men or a team of 10 women? Am I offending you right now? Because I just asked a question. Who, who would probably say, hey, if we're moving heavy things, I'd rather have a bunch of dudes. Right? I, 
So, again, are women and men the same? No. So, let me ask this. Are we designed differently? Yes. So, based on our design, uh, diesel truck, sports car, based on our design, do you think maybe we have different roles? Yeah. Why? That's our design. Is it to your shame? Is it, to, is it to my Corvette's shame that it can't pull a trailer? No, there's nothing wrong with that car. It is finely tuned. Like, it is amazing, right? It is running exactly how it's supposed to. But guys, pay attention. The world is trying to put burdens on each other that you're not made to bear. It's trying to do that. And when it says things like men and women are the same and that you can replace a man with a woman and it has no effect, man, you're hooking a trailer up to a Corvette and wondering why it's not going well. Um, okay, third thing, and this is what we're all building to. Number three, uh, Jesus differentiated the ministries of men and women. Okay? Um, again, this is not my opinion. Clearly, Jesus had female disciples. He had, uh, we had female deacons in the early church. Clearly, in certain capacities, women took, the, took charge of certain areas. But this is the one thing that people cannot refute. When Jesus went and prayed and selected 12 peoples that would be the spiritual leaders of his church, what do the 12 have in common? They're all men. This is not my opinion. Okay? If men and women were interchangeable, why wouldn't he have selected six women and six men? And if you're thinking, well, culturally, do you remember what Jesus does with all cultural standards? He wads them up and says, I don't, I don't abide by any of those. That's the only thing people will say if you say, just ask that question. Why did Jesus choose 12 men, though, as his apostles? Well, culturally, that was, no. Jesus didn't abide by any cultures. Or when Jesus sends out the 72, who's, who, who are they? He sends out men. That's not my opinion. He didn't send out 36 men and 36 women. So there are different roles based on different designs. Y'all following me? Right? And, and the Lord set the example, and you can also see it in Timothy. You can see it in Titus. That This burden, and I call it a burden on purpose, the burden of being the spiritual leader was made to go on the shoulders of men. Right? That, that burden shouldn't be put on a Corvette. It should be hitched behind the truck. Y'all follow me on this? Okay, so go to 1 Peter chapter 3. Let's talk about a really awkward verse that we'll, we'll talk about here real quick. 1 Peter chapter 3. Go to the right. You'll go past Hebrews. If you get to 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, you've got a little too far. 1st Peter chapter 3. Page, uh, <laughs> no. Smart Alec, yeah. 1st Peter chapter 3, and we're going to look at, um, we'll start in verse, uh, uh, verse 7. Husbands and wives. Okay, verse 7 says, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. So this is Peter speaking, okay? Uh, this, is not, um, this is not Paul, it's Peter. He says, verse 7, he says, Husbands, so this is in the context of 
the husband and wife covenant relationship, okay? So this is a relationship that's meant to be united forever, okay? So don't, don't miss that. This is not how I interact with, with everyone you move about the streets. He says, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. Here we go. You ready? As the weaker partner and as what? Heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Okay, so let me point out here real quick. When you read those words, weaker partner, I love that he immediately says, wives are also, what's the word he instantly uses? Fellow heirs. Okay, so let me say this. If weaker partner means that somehow you're less valuable, then Peter instantly um, refutes himself. Do you see that? If he's, when he says weaker partner, if he's saying you're down here, two words later, he's, that's why he says they're also fellow heirs. So, the, so the, the question of equality is out the window. Men and women are completely equal in value, but that idea of weaker partner, um, it, in the original Greek, again, I love this. I'm not telling my opinion at all. In the original language, it carries with it the idea of porcelain, like a porcelain vase. Okay? You get that picture, right? That, that when you look at a husband and a wife, again, they're not the same. And when you look at the wife, and, and again, our English Bibles, they do the best we can. He says weaker partner, but it carries this idea of like wives, they're like this porcelain vase. Like they need to be handled a little bit differently. Does that mean they're ineffective? Absolutely not, right? And so here's, here's a really stupid illustration. That's a great introduction, Russell. Great job. Okay? So... I want to, I know, I know woodworking and I know cars, so it's all cars and woodworking today, sorry. So look what I have in my hand. Y'all see this? So these are two chisels. Are these both chisels? Yeah, yeah okay. Um, are they both extremely valuable in my line of work that I used to do? Yeah. When, when I would, you know, if I'm building furniture, if I was redoing a bathroom or something, um, I would absolutely have to use both of these. Y'all follow me? Is one more valuable? No. Now, here's the question you probably know the answer to. Are these the same? No. But they're both chisels. No, but, but they're not the same. So this one, um, this, is, this is like a mallet chisel. This one is effective only when you have one of these as well. <laughs> okay, so this is my framing hammer, 28 ounce. It's a good hammer. I like this one. Okay, but this chisel, in order for it to be effective, it, you got to strike it pretty hard. Okay, and, and this chisel, this one is one of my woodworking chisels. That this, you even see I have a little thing that I keep on the tip of it. This is not the same. If you were working with me and I saw you pick this chisel up, and then I saw you pick up this hammer. Do you know what I would do? I'd scream at you. I'd say, hey, don't, do not handle those the same way. Because if you do that, you will ruin this. This chisel, literally, I can shave with it. It's that sharp. Look at that. You see it? Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not joking. This chisel is so, no, I like sharpening my stuff. It's like, if, I ever, if I'm ever um, 
completely naked here, you know I've, I've been sharpening my hand planes and stuff. And so um, this chisel even, okay, here's another question. These are both made of steel, but is it the same steel? No. This steel is, is hardened to a lower uh, temperature, and so what that means is this steel is actually a little bit softer, but this steel is great for hitting and prying. This steel is harder, but it's more brittle, okay? This, this chisel, it is used by, you don't use, you don't hit it all. You literally push something on it and just push, and guys, it cuts through that wood along the grain, and it is a beautiful thing, right? Okay? Christian, take it easy. I can see you getting excited there, man. Like, I can see you. Like, when I use, it is amazing. And now watch this. If I ask this chisel to do what this one's designed to do, what's going to happen? Doesn't work. Literally, I will break it. The, yeah, these, these are harder steel, which means if, if I were to try to pry with this, I will chip the end, right? Do you see the, the comparison here? It's kind of like as if I was to say, hey, this vase is porcelain, this is what Peter says when he says, hey, women, wives, as the weaker vessel, not, not great wording in our day, but he's saying this, you are this beautiful, this is an Erwin Marples chisel, he says, you are not to be handled the same way that guys are, this is why I will talk to guys differently than I'll talk to women, right? This is why the, one of the ways I show a guy that I like them is I insult them viciously and make fun of them to their face, right? Anyone in here? Right? I don't handle my wife the same way I handle my husband. Is it because she's, nope, said that wrong, <laughs> said that wrong. <laughs> I'm trying to, I don't know if I can recover from that, actually. I don't know if I can, okay, let's back up. This is tough. I don't handle, be quiet. I don't handle my wife the same way I handle my guy friends. If I did, it would not go well. Guys, and it all comes back down to design. So I'll just summarize. Man, those are my, those are my three things. Um, Jesus clearly included women in ministry. Man, we need you gals. We need you to be active. We need you to be using your gifts to your design right? Uh, number two, Jesus did not allow the culture to define women's roles. So right now the culture is screaming at you anything a man can do, a woman can do. Now listen, can this chisel do what this one does? Oh, it, I, I, I bet I could get results once or twice. Yeah, and then, and the, but the, our culture is screaming. These are the same thing. They can, man, you will ruin this Chisel, and by the way, then you'll ruin this one as well, okay? If, if you want to destroy the heart of a man is take away his role. Just want to say it, okay? And then number three, Jesus did not give them the same roles. They were different roles. Men and women are not the same. Um, that's all I have to say. Um, and this, guys, brings glory to God, and this is where my greatest joy is found. When I am operating how I'm supposed to, that's where I find joy, and this brings glory to God. By the way, that's what this is all about. This is not about me feeling good about myself. This is that we are working together for a greater purpose, okay? Like when I, when I would go into a bathroom to remodel it and come out, the goal wasn't to use one tool more than the other. The goal was to remodel the bathroom. 
I'm not here to, to boast about my role versus your role. I am here for the glory of God and to further his kingdom, right? That's the big picture. Don't miss that. Okay, I think I'm done. Let me pray. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for today and thank you for your truth. And God, thank you that, that it's, it's kind of cool that I, we don't have to stand around and say, what's your opinion on this? What's your it's, it's really amazing that we can say, let's see what God has to say about it. And let's call that true. And let's trust the designer. Let's trust the designer with his design. Let's, let's do how he made us to do things, and then let's find joy in that. And so thank you for that, Lord. And I pray that you would um, release people from the burden of competition. Release us from the, God, the burden of, well, if men and women are equal, who's better? Like, what a stupid question. Why is everything a competition? God, I pray we would encourage one another, build each other up, use our gifts for the purpose of your kingdom. So that's our prayer today. Amen.